Hello and welcome to the Road Trip Sports Podcast. My name is Harrison Cook and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Oliver Gilmore. Ollie, how you doing? I'm doing well, Harrison. We've got a city again today, San Diego, and hopefully we'll stay classy because um, we're keen to chat a bit about sport in that city. For sure, for sure. It's exciting uh, to travel to San Diego. It's exciting to talk about a city again because uh, we haven't done it in a while. There's been so much sports news to talk about, hasn't there? There has, and um, you've been to San Diego, is that right? I have been to San Diego. I did a little while ago. We'll talk about that more um, a little bit later on in the podcast, uh, as well as lots of news, uh, NFL predictions for this upcoming season. It's going to be an absolute cracker of a year. Really looking forward to breaking it down. Uh, now, if you enjoy the podcast, if you like uh, what you're hearing, make sure you follow us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Road Trip Sports Pod. Uh, you can search Road Trip Sports Podcast to find us on YouTube. If you'd like to get in touch, with us road trip sports podcast at gmail.com is the best way to reach us but you can also slide into any of our dms on any of our socials uh to reach us if you'd like to share your sports stories if you'd like to ask any mailbag questions or get in touch with us at all that is the best way to do it but yeah we're looking forward to a great episode today uh we're going to talk about san diego we've got an icon of san diego to crown uh we're going to do our predictions for the nfl address all of the news that has happened this week in sport and we're going to hit a very bloated mailbag it's going to be a great week yeah i'm really looking forward to it especially previewing our predictions including some regular season awards which hopefully will nail um Looking back at it now, we didn't have a very good year with the AFL award predictions, but there's Brownlow still to come. Um, I believe I had Bont and you had Callum Mills, so we're probably not going to win either of those. No. <laughs> so we've had a bit of a shocker this year, but I'm hoping to turn around in NFL, which is what I think is probably our domain a bit with the player predictions. I find AFL is a little bit unpredictable, but... Interesting to see how it all pans out this year because I'm looking forward to football. For sure, for sure. Well, let's get into our news. Let's get straight into it. First item of news, it has to be that viral video of the poor Baltimore Ravens mascot getting injured. Did you catch that one? I did. Uh, the mascot's taken a bit of a fall, or it looked like he was tackled by a kid. So it, was, so it was a youth football game where a group of mascots were playing against some youth football children. You see it all the time. Um, but a nasty-looking tackle from one of the youth football kids uh, took out the mascot, and he looked to be in a bit of pain there. Yeah, and the aftermath has been pretty significant. I've heard things that he's had surgery. Oh, I'm no. not kidding. He's oh, had surgery. No. <laughs> Could you imagine trying to explain it? And so, how did you do your injury? Um, well, I was playing against children dressed up in a Baltimore Ravens costume, and uh, yada, 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 I've done my ACL. <laughs> we have received a tweet from the Ravens, which has said that some damage to his drumstick and ruffled some feathers, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is pretty interesting. Gold, so, gold, perfect response. <laughs> resting comfortably, awaiting some test results, apparently. So, yeah, who knows, mate? But um, it's all gone viral now. Uh, all right, well, getting into uh, more of the serious uh, news, uh, hopefully prayers up to the Baltimore Ravens mascot. Hope he recovers well. Uh, but AFLW has commenced with the first ever 18-team competition. So every AFL men's team is represented now in the women's comp. What an exciting time to be an AFL fan. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's good to be able to support a female and a male team. Um, if your female team's not going very well, hopefully your male team's going very well. 
um, and yeah. vice versa. So, yeah, look, at this season's going to be very interesting. Um, they're playing nine games this year, and as you mentioned, it's a full competition of 18 teams, so there's been a fair few introduced to the competition this year. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe catching a few games. Um, this week's been interesting. There was a couple of goals um, in the dying stages of some games, so maybe it was interesting and um, something that we'll have to watch more of. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's exciting to see the strides that AFL are taking for the women's game, probably leading the pack in terms of Australian women's sport. Um, it's very exciting. Now, the question has to be asked, though, now that we do have 18 teams, do you think that they should marry up with the AFL season and have a proper home and away season with the um, tied to the men's game being sort of a curtain raiser? Or do you think they should keep it as an off-season to the men's AFL? What do you think? I love it in the off-season. It's a, it's a catch of really when you've got nothing else to watch, what are you going to be drawn to? And it's for those supporters at the moment that they want to draw them to the game by drawing attention to it in the off-season when they sort of haven't got as much of a choice between um, watching the AFL men's and the AFL women's. Like this week, we know it was substantial because it was round one, but because there was no football on, everyone was incentivized to watch it and um, I think it, that worked really well. Yeah, I think the, the argument made from Devil's Advocate perspective is that marrying up to the AFL, you might get more people in the door and actually watching the AFL women's game as it is. If you've already bought a ticket to um, watch the men's game, coming a couple of hours earlier and watching the women's game as well might be an easier sell than going all the way out of your way to attend the AFL women's game. But I can see the perspective on both sides of that one. Yeah, uh, they have tried it with the VFL for the past 20 or so years. They tried it with the under-18s championships, you know, with your quarter cannons, your Danny Nong Stingrays, that sort of thing. And they also did those games before the AFL Grand Final. They did the final there to try and bring some attention. Yeah. But primarily, they've just found that it's been... Um, they've been able to get a sufficient enough crowd when they have it separately in the summer, which is interesting enough. And I think that it'll probably continue... Maybe once it's sort of got a supportership where you go, okay, um, you know, let's keep it on the same time or maybe it's a it's a match beforehand, but at the same time, they've still got to create that revenue as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, we know a lot of international sports like the WNBA sort of runs opposite as well, which seems to work for them. So perhaps it's just a, a wait and see approach. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Next up in the news, it's been a hectic start uh, to the Premier League this season. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your takeaways so far? Yeah, I didn't think Arsenal would be this good. I mean, they had, yeah. they've had some opponents that you sort of think, oh, I didn't see them around the top in, you know, your Leicesters, your Bournemouth, your Fulham, Crystal Palace. Um, but it's sort of like once you win those four games and you build a bit of confidence, then you start to think, well, maybe we can knock off those top teams and maybe we can get a top five finish. But you've been a fan of Newcastle this year. Yeah, I think Newcastle have had a really fantastic season. Um, St. Maximum um, has been absolutely incredible for them, uh, really produced for them. And if he can keep up his form, I think that Newcastle have got a really good shot to maybe crack uh, top four, maybe crack a Champions League place this year. It's just disappointing that they love uh, getting draws because they can't seem to secure the three points. They just always get a draw. You know, we saw them nearly knock off City, which would have been huge. 
Um, but, you know, with a team like that that's got more infrastructure and a lot more money, because money talks in professional sport, and if sure they can does. get more quality players, quality coaches, and quality facilities, inevitably they'll draw quality. So I think it'd be interesting to see how they pan out for the rest of the year and the years coming forward. Maybe they make a sneak into a Champions League or, um, you know, we'll start off with the, you know, maybe they make a Europa, something yeah. something a bit on the shorter side. We won't give them the, the hopes of making a Champions League just yet. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, being a crazy, crazy start, especially with Liverpool as well, like going down to Man United um, and then bouncing back and winning 9-0 against Bournemouth. Um, we're sure in for a very entertaining season. It's going to be great to see how it pans out. Uh, moving on now, though, to the NFL preseason. Now, the NFL preseason has ended uh, this week, and it's been relatively light on high-profile high injuries. We've been uh, fairly lucky so far. Um, do you think that's because of the changes to the preseason schedule? And do you think that because of that, we're going to see some more injuries popping up as the star players start to play a bit more in the first couple of weeks? Well, it's interesting because I couldn't tell you the numbers as to how many players have been injured. Because at the same time, they're still football players. And I wonder if it's injuries have been reduced overall or whether it's injuries have been reduced for the star players and whether the star players playing less has contributed to less star injuries. Like we saw TJ Watt and Deontay Johnson get minor injuries today. Yeah. But it's like we haven't seen guys like that play in, in the preseason. So it's like we haven't really been exposed to those injuries. But it'd be interesting to see how many injuries have actually occurred this preseason, whether it is less. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see coming into the start of the season whether those players who have sat out and the teams have decided to sit their star players for the entire preseason, what impact that will have on player injuries. It's going to be a very interesting start to the season from that perspective. Um, now, we're going to talk more about predictions for the NFL season a little bit later in the pod today, um, but we're going to move on now to college football. College football is kicking off this week. Uh, to remind our fans, who is your college football team? I'm an LSU fan in the football. Um, they've had a wide receiver factory in recent years. They but sure have, haven't they? They've hit a bit of a slump, and I think that it's going to take a lot to build them back up to the top. Um, it'll probably take someone like a Joe Burrow or a star quarterback, but for the meantime, I think they're going to be sort of twining around the middle because I think that they haven't got the talent just yet, but they're in a bit of a reload. I think that you know they've got the name value, so maybe they just start, start bringing in some star talent. I mean, they're still LSU. They're still getting quality names through the door. Whether or not they're competing for a national championship, they're still going to be a very quality football side. Um, to remind you all, my favorite uh, college football team is the Penn State Nittany Lions, Pennsylvania State University. Um, I think they're primed for a really good year this year. Uh, they're always right on that cusp, but we can't beat uh, Ohio State. We can't beat Michigan. Um, but a lot of people have Penn State picked as their sleeper this year. So if they can come good, if they can get over the hump and beat those two teams, I reckon they're primed for a top four finish. Yeah, I can't see it happening. But no, I can't. As a as a Penn State fan, you sort of got to push towards that. You know, they lost a few notable players last year to the draft, and and that's always encouraging. How did you think they performed last year? I think they performed well. They started very strong, uh, but lost a few games through the course of the season, especially a couple of late, which they really shouldn't have lost. Um, Jahan Dotson was the standout for um, for our team. Uh, we had a he had a really good season. He's off to the Commanders now, um, but yeah, I think Penn State are primed for a good year. Um, I think that 
yeah, Sean Clifford still staying there at quarterback uh, will be exciting. If he does end up getting the start, getting the nod, um, I think they hopefully will come good. It's Every year they, they're getting so close, so hopefully they can get over the line this year. Who, which teams do you think will be successful this year in, uh, in the college football? It's just got to be a powerhouse teams. Alabama, uh, Ohio State, Georgia. It's just got to be those top teams with great quarterback talent. So you, you always get a sleeper um, yep. most years. And this is why we always talk about it, the change of the bracket because it's not one of those big schools. But you always get a sleeper. So it'll be interesting to see who the sleeper will be this year. For sure, for sure. Um, do you have any players that you're looking at as um, potential high-profile players that you want to see uh, this year? It's got to be those high-profile QBs. And what is a deep QB class? Like, you've got CJ Stroud, who is the favorite between the Heisman, and Bryce Young, who's part of that great QB class. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. I'm keen on on Bryce Young. I think he's a great talent. Um, and we know that Alabama can produce some solid quarterbacks. But I'm interested to see what else comes out of this draft. You know, last year was a top-heavy a top-heavy draft, um, and it really dwindled off there. But it's almost like it's a, be a great year to pick up a Jordan Love, you know, for the Packers. It'd be a great year to make that Jordan Love pick three years later. <laughs> because there's a lot of great QBs in this draft. There so. are a lot of great QBs. I think that um, the Packers might need to be drafting one if our predictions are coming true. Um, but let's move on now. Let's move on to our city. Let's move on to San Diego. Ollie, can you tell us all about San Diego? I sure can, my friend. So San Diego, it's the eighth highest. It's got the eighth highest population in the United States. That with, surprised me when yeah, I saw it that. Yeah, d- it does. And especially because they've only got one major league team in the Padres. We know that they did have the Chargers um, and the Clippers at one time in the NBA, which is still sort of hard to remember it's almost easy to forget yeah um and san diego state you know that major college team um from the area so interesting city it is an interesting city it's a city which was very passionate about their nfl team um from the time i went there um but they, they were crushed when that team when the team left for la and i don't think the fan base has followed them terribly much and i don't think the fan base has really embrace them in LA either. Which is weird because I think last week we chatted about it. I said that I feel like San Diego and the Chargers are still trying to maintain that connection where the Rams have went, yeah, we're LA now. Yeah. But that said, I don't feel like they've maintained that connection despite the attempts that have been made. No, not at all. I think that um, San Diego saw it as the uh, backstab that it was when they, uh, when they decided to leave. So the Padres... That's their major sports team. Yep. They've had a decent year this year. They've had a very um, good year. They've been pretty decent the past few years. But as a, as a team, um, they've always been sort of around the mark. Um, how would you describe them as a team? You know, they haven't won a World Series. So I think that once you point that out, it's really... That tells what you the do you story. Say? Like they're around the mark and that they're competitive, but they just never really seem to make a run for it in the playoffs. Yeah, the last five years they've been very, um, very competitive. Um, they've now got Juan Soto, um, Tatis Jr., uh, the sort of highlight players at the moment. 
They're, they're one of those teams that could definitely make a push this year, but it's hard to see them doing it um, with the teams in their division. You look at the Dodgers, the best team in baseball right now. Um, it's not likely that they can get past the Dodgers, and if you can't beat the teams in your division, uh, you're not going to win a World Series. Well, that's the thing. How do you get past the big boys? You know, How do you get past the Dodgers? Um, and even the Giants, you know, for as much as we like, we love to get into them. I mean, they're one of the teams that I sort of like. But San Francisco Giants are one of the top teams. Good. Padres are the third team in their division, yeah. and they're still one of the best teams in baseball. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that that's probably indicative of why they haven't had many wild card berths. But that, you know, as you said, they've had one a couple of years ago, so maybe they sort of project into a, a better team moving forward. But yeah, you. You did a stadium tour. What did you sort of make of the fandom for that team? What was that sort of like? Because we have chatted about a few. How does it compare to the others? It was one of the, and not just saying it because it happened a while ago, but it was one of the lesser memorable ones. Um, It was nice because I, so I went to San Diego on a trip with my school um, and we actually got to do an exchange and stay in the homes of um, some families from San Diego. And it was a really great experience and I absolutely loved it. And so the memories I have of that stadium tour, because I did it with my host family, um, I remembered more about doing it with the host family than what I actually remembered about the tour itself, if you know what I mean. Yeah, just one of those memorable things that you've done with those guys over there. Yeah, but like any thing about the stadium itself, like they have the sort of warehouse uh, building um, in the corner. Um, they've got like a bit bit of outfield decorations but it's not the most memorable stadium they don't have the most memorable history um, as a stadium so if you want to do all 30 stadium tours by all means you got to do it but it's not the best one to do I do love their kits though I love the pinstripe um, you jerseys do the, the, uh, are you talking about the brown and yellow ones well even yeah I mean even the white base is pretty cool as well that yeah. they have as, as a as an option but yeah they're one of those teams that isn't real memorable but as we mentioned earlier the San Diego Chargers they it was a thing um, now in LA so what did you sort of make of that history I think you know we talked about them trying to fill out a stadium and um, some issues you know surrounding them but what did you sort of make about their time in San Diego. They had such a strong supporter base. So at the time um, when I went, it was playoff time in the NFL. It was early January and the Chargers had actually made the playoffs and were playing in the playoffs um, that year. And it was so exciting. The town was buzzing. Everyone was wearing Chargers gear. I bought myself some uh, Chargers merch uh, to wear around because I just wanted to be a part of it. Um, We went to a... Um, Chargers playoff game party, um, like my myself and my host family all went to this, yeah, um, Chargers party, which was awesome uh, to watch the game. It was very exciting. Um, but yeah, the whole the whole city was buzzing. They loved Charger football, which is why it was so disheartening when they decided to leave because they decided to leave not long after um, I actually went there, which was, yeah, it was so sad because that fan base was so passionate. Yeah, it reminds me a bit of the Raiders. It reminds me a bit of the Raiders being so supportive, you know, of Oakland. And I feel like, yeah, it really surprised me that they were such a big city, San Diego. 1,400,000 people. That's that's a big city. So That's enough to carry a sports team. You'd certainly think so. So, I don't know. Do we see a team in San Diego? You know, we always talk about international expansion, but... 
we've got teams like you know do we get a new mexico do we get a san diego i don't see a new mexico i definitely see a san diego i think the charges move back um not immediately but i could definitely see the charges moving back um at some point hopefully the fans that they've lost might come back if they decide to come back maybe under new ownership but it's hard. It's hard. I mean, the stadium... So, we visited um, Qualcomm Stadium, the old Chargers Stadium. Um, well, it was, the, it was their home stadium at the time. And you could see that it was one of the oldest stadiums in the league. But it definitely didn't look like... It definitely didn't look second rate. Like, it didn't it was, look run down. No, it was still a decent enough stadium um, that could have housed them. I think just the owner thought that moving them to LA to the bigger market would mean more dollars and a traditionally... Um, poorer owner and an owner with a bit less money probably thought that moving the team would uh, line his pockets a bit better so it was tough because yeah Qualcomm Stadium was great to visit it's got a lot of history as a um, as a stadium as well um, so it was cool to visit that yeah and was there anything else that you did in San Diego yeah I actually got to go to a um, to a San Diego State basketball game um, so the uh, direct host that I was staying with wasn't the biggest fan of uh, sports, but his brother um, attended San Diego State University, was a big fan, um, agreed to take me along to, to a basketball game with him. Um, so, yeah, so we went to this game and it was absolutely unreal. Uh, went to the uh, the student section, uh, sat, sat in the student section for a bit, um, which was really great. They, um, they were actually the ones that came up with the... Um, giant faces originally and having the giant faces behind um, behind the goals so they were actually the first college to do that so it was really interesting to see um, all the different signs behind the um, behind the buckets um, but yeah we moved down a bit later to some seats closer to courtside and yeah had a great time what year would that have been that you went there 20 uh, early 2014 2014 yeah early okay. 2014 so you would have missed out on Kawhi Leonard Yes. Imagine yeah. if you saw Kawhi, that would have been pretty cool. That would have been really cool. Yeah, no, miss Kawhi Leonard, but um, yeah, still a great, great experience. Um, I always love college sports because there's just that passionate, rabid fan base uh, associated. They're more willing to go a bit out there uh, for their team. Well, that probably concludes our chat of San Diego. Hopefully that was classy enough for you, but um, we'll move on to our icon segment. Um do you, do you want to do a quick run through of our finalists here, H? Yeah, for sure. So, um, first one we've got is Philip Rivers, recently retired, played the majority of his season for the Chargers, and during his time there, the majority of his time spent with the Chargers, they were in San Diego. Um, eight-time Pro Bowler, um, was a passing yards leader one year, passing touchdowns leader, um, passer rating leader. He was a very quality player and he was part of the Chargers 50th anniversary team uh, for the San Diego back when they were the San Diego Chargers um, LaDainian Tomlinson is another one uh, NFL most valuable player in 06 um, can I just say 28 rushing touchdowns that is insane yeah that's and he had 30 touchdowns on the year you that's you see teams with 30 touchdowns that's yeah he was an absolute dominant force uh, Walter Payton man of the year um, three-time first-team All-Pro, um, absolutely incredible uh, football player, LaDainian Tomlinson. 
Um, another one was Tony Gwynn. Uh, shout out to the Padres. He was, um, when I was doing the research, he was the most uh, memorable Padres play. He played his entire over 20-year career in uh, in San Diego. 15-time All-Star, 8-time um, National League batting champion, which is very impressive. Um, he had Golden Glove uh, Awards, Silver Slugger Awards. Um, his number is retired and he's part of the Padres Hall of Fame. Um, but I think our winner, do you want to take us through our winner, Ol? I don't know a lot about this guy because it just was just outside of my era. But the one thing you hear about him, he's like your Richie Incognito. He's just so passionate. That was what I heard um, when doing a bit of reading about him. But it's Junior... Say how. Say how. I didn't want to butcher that one. Yeah, Junior um, Sale. He was one of my favorite players growing up. Um, I liked watching him, even though they're a division rival. I love watching him play for the Patriots. Is what I most remember him playing for. He also played a bit of time in Miami. Um, but he spent most of his career with the Chargers. He was a six-time first-team All-Pro, 12-time Pro Bowler. Um, he was an NFL Man of the Year. He made the 1990s All-Decade team. Um, he also made the 100th anniversary all-time team. Um, his number is retired by the uh, now Los Angeles Chargers, and he's part of the now Los Angeles Chargers Hall of Fame. Um, absolutely incredible linebacker, one of the hardest-hitting guys um, across the middle, and from all accounts, a fantastic teammate to boot. Yeah, I think he's probably a worthy winner here. If we, I, I love LT. Like, I just think that his season in 2006 was ridiculous I think the only thing that separates them for me is the junior sale was actually born uh, in San Diego grew up in San Diego so I think that having that hometown boy play for the hometown team for so long I think that just tips the scales his way this is how I see it Rivers I'd give him longevity I'd give LT performance while he was there and I'd give Sayo sort of like a bit of everything yeah I think that's why he's sort of, yeah, iconically um, a San Diego Charger. So, um, Junior Sale is our icon uh, of San Diego. For all of us here at News Center 4, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. Alrighty, let's move on now to our NFL predictions. It's set to be an exciting season as we move towards Super Bowl 57 this year. Um, let's start our predictions off with Offensive Rookie of the Year. Ollie, who you got? Yeah, I chatted about this in the podcast we had with Jack, and I said that I love Drake London, and I said, who else do you throw the ball to? And the question still remains, who else do you throw the ball to? Kyle and now Pitts. the reason, yeah, obviously that's a, that's a <laughs> call, but the reason behind this is 244 targets are gone from that offense from last year in personnel. You know, we lose Calvin Ridley, you lose Russell Gage, you lose more talent, there's 244 targets that need to go to someone. Yes, Kyle Pitts will get an uptick in production. You know, that's, a, that's inevitable. I think you'll probably get another 50 targets. Where do you give the 190 targets to? Obviously, it'll go across the whole team. I think that little guys, uh, guys will get little upticks. But I think that Drake London will be, um, he'll have heavy usage. Um, he'll be able to stretch the field. And with Marcus Mariota as a QB, Get open quickly because he's sort of that quarterback that is just going to go, yep, first option, not there, I'm running. So I think that 
to his detriment, that's what people talk about. You know, Marcus Mariota's your QB. That's why Pitts and, and London are a bit capped. But I think that because there's so many targets available, who else do you throw the ball to? You've got to throw it to Drake, Drake London. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good shout. My pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year has got to be Kenny Pickett. I think that he's got potential. He's only got to beat out Trubisky uh, for the starting role. I think look to about week three to four uh, to see the change. Once Trubisky has sort of started to throw um, some of those picks he's famous for, um, I think that Kenny Pickett really can get the job done. I think that he is the man to take over in Pittsburgh and supported by Mike Tomlin, he's not going to have a bad year in Pittsburgh. He's, they don't get bad years out of quarterbacks. Even Ben Roethlisberger, at his worst, was still a capable quarterback. So, how long do you reckon it'll be before he takes the lineup? Because they're Week saying three to four. You're saying that Trubisky's on track to start for them. So it'll be interesting to see because I feel as though Trubisky will inevitably he'll he'll just drop everything and yeah, I feel like Tomlin's just going to think to himself. Well, you know what? We've just got to give this guy a go because his talent, and you remember he was the most ready talent, they said, out of the. That's why he went yeah. um, so early. There's no reason you draft a pro ready talent if you're not going to play him first. Well, that's exactly right. And I'm having a look at their schedule here. You know, they've got the Bengals, and you, you could see them losing that matchup. Um, and is it a bit of damage control? They've got the Patriots after that. You could see them losing that matchup. You could see them losing to the Browns. And there's no real walkover in the first three weeks. So maybe it's just week four, Kenny Pickett. We've seen enough losses. Let's bring him in. Yeah, I think that. And I think quarterbacks get a bit more pop. If the if a quarterback really pops, they're more likely to get that award than not. Yeah, yeah I think so too. And it's it's mostly those skill position players. Yeah, tend to agree. Tend to agree. Um, well, defensive rookie of the year now. Um, I think... I think Trayvon Walker's got a really good shot for this. Obviously, being a number one pick um, is impactful. I think he's got a, he's going to stand out on that Jacksonville defense, which is set to improve this year. It's set to be a bit better under Doug Peterson. I think Trayvon Walker is a really good shout. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I think he was a ready-made talent, and it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. I'm going to go with Aiden Hutchinson. I think it's oh. a matter of hard the hard knocks effect. I feel yes, like, you know, for you, sure. You watch so much hard knocks. You love him after hard knocks. We saw two plays, really, on hard knocks episode two where he got basically made two big plays. But yeah. then they just cut out the whole rest of the drive. It was though he did, wasn't on the field. But um, that said, I feel, feel like he can make those high plays um, that really get the fans going. And... I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Micah Parsons because I don't feel like he's... He's a bit of a TFL guy, like he loves the tackles for loss, but he's yeah. not so much a sack guy, so maybe he's just going to get in and smash your running back. So I think he's a good option there that probably he could get, you know, 80-plus tackles. He could be one of those huge... Sort of depends where they play him as well. Where Do you, do you see him as an end rather than... Yeah, he's got to be an end. He's got to be an end. So maybe it's he's not that, as many He's tackles. that edge rusher. Yeah. yeah, so maybe it's not as many tackles as your linebackers, but he'll be interesting to see how... He operates in that off in that defense, for sure, for sure. Um, well, who is you? Who have you got as the most uh, for the most regular season rushing yards? It's got to be Derrick Henry, just because with AJ Brown gone now, they're just gonna have to run the ball. Like I know Traylon Burks is gonna be decent for them, and they got Bobby Trees there as Are well. Are you concerned for injuries though? Oh, you've got to be. You've got to be. But I feel like in the NFL, you can't predict injuries. 
Like, I feel like it's... Unless they're really injury-prone... You can be cautious, oh, you though, can be of, cautious. of picking them for something as high as this, where they might not want to run him into the ground the way they usually do. Well, it's just a matter of how long he's got left, because at that age of 28, he's probably only got three years left. So I think that their approach is, we've got a bad quarterback... Our team's almost about to rebuild, but we've got Derrick Henry. So, you know what? Let's just use him while we can, and maybe it's the opposite of that. We haven't got many years left with him. We've just got to compete while we've got him. Yeah. Um, otherwise, if he gets injured, then, look, maybe we get a low pick. Yeah, that's a good point. Low or high pick, whatever way you really want to look at it. My pick for rushing yards is almost consensus being the uh, number one fantasy player um, on the board. It's Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think that he has he's going to have... I don't know if you call it a breakout year because he sort of had that last year, but he is going to absolutely... Um, he's going to win some people some fantasy leagues and he's going to um, rush his way all over the field. He's going to be an integral part of that Colts offense, but they've still got enough pieces around to take the full heat off him, which I think where he breaks breaks clear. Well, they've got a great offensive line. and Yep. I don't think he breaks out because he had, you know, 1,800 yards last year yeah. and, and 20 touchdowns. But, like, he might see a bit of a different role. I sort of felt like he had those long runs last year that uptick his um, production. But I feel like they're just going to keep feeding him the ball and keep feeding him the ball. And they'll give Hines that break in, that part, in those passing plays and then they'll just keep feeding him the ball. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Probably for sure. similar to what you do see with, with Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's, I was going to say exactly right. I think Derrick Henry is the model. Like Derrick Henry from about two to three years ago is the model for how you run Jonathan Taylor. Next up, we have most regular season receiving yards. So who's the wide receiver that's going to stand out for you this year? Uh, it's hard to go anywhere else except for Jamar Chase. Um, I think that... He's got the talent. He's got the quarterback there. There's enough pieces around to take the full heat off him. And he's proven he can beat single coverage, double coverage. You put whatever you want on him and he's still going to make plays. Um, I think that he can get it done. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good pick. Um, Who have you got? I've got Justin Jefferson. Um, I think he could almost win Offensive Player of the Year this year. Um you know, we've saw a historic couple of years to the start of his career. Um, and perhaps he goes out there and gets 2,000 yards and goes crazy and has a Cooper Cup-like season. Um, we know he's a young talent, so he's got that upside there. And he's got some new coaches as yeah. well, which should help him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, most regular season passing yards. Uh, who do we think for that one? I've got Joe Burrow, and I think that they're going to want to increase the tempo um, this year. And the reason why, they've got a much more developed offensive line. Yeah. So they've got the ability to do that. Last year, it was, you know, let's slow things down. Let's make sure um, Burrow doesn't get sucked 15 times a game because we've got a slow pace of play. But with a better offensive line, you're able to continue to push the pace a bit more, a bit more no huddle flick it out to Higgins and Chase and we know they're going to want to f facilitate both of those receivers so I think that Burrow's just going to be slinging it out there for sure for sure um, my pick is going to be Matt Stafford I think he's got so many weapons it's hard not to look um, to him for the best regular season passing yardage um, you've got your Cooper Cup you've got Alan Robinson now as that red zone target um, they've got 
playmakers all over the ball. They are the reigning Super Bowl champions. I think Matt Stafford is a great um, shout for regular season passing yards. He slings it, and he's going to have to facilitate two wide receivers this year, I reckon, because I think that they're really pushing Allen Robinson in training camp. So he's going to have to get those short little passes to Cooper Cup for run after catch. You know, he's so good at, you know, pass it to him, at the f- for five yards and he'll get you 15 yeah um and they'll look down the field for robinson and it'll be interesting to see because i feel like they've got to use that we know they've got a, a running back punch but i think that that's a good selection there so next up we've got comeback player of the year this one it could go either way we know it's a bit of a narrative driven award it is it is i think i think it's got to be derrick henry i think that he is going to, and I've seen your pick, and I think they're very similar stories, which is why it's just a case of who stays healthy this year and who produces more. And I think that it's going to be Derrick Henry. I think, like you said, they're going to feed, they're going to have to feed him. Um, while I don't think he gets the rushing yards total, I still think he's an integral part of his team coming off an important injury shows the value that he's had. Um, I've got Derrick Henry. It's a good selection. And I feel like mine is another case of if that if he can stay healthy, then I think the award's all but his. You're praying for him to stay healthy after drafting him in fantasy, aren't you? I am. I am. I th- he's just... We know when he's out there, he just produces. He's an To clarify, your, who is your pick? My pick is none other than Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Okay. And if... By me saying that he's injury prone didn't give that off. He's very injury prone. He's barely yep. played in the last three years. So if he That's can stay why I healthy, touch him on fantasy. Yeah, I, I understand that. But if he can stay healthy, he's easily one of the better players in the competition. For sure. But that's a big if with his history. Oh, for sure. And it's one of those things where it's how do you predict? How do you predict what guys are going to be injured? And Cooper Cup, he's been healthy for so long. And that's why you were like, all right, I'm just going to pick him. Yeah. But Christian McCaffrey, as a player, he can go out there and dominate games. And who else are the Panthers going to give the ball to? You know, Obviously, I could go through the whole team and say that it's got to be DJ Moore and guys like that as well. But we know his target share is so high for running back. He rushes the ball. He scores touchdowns both in receiving and rushing the ball. So he's got to be a great option, but it's really a big asterisk on health. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, let's move on now to the uh, the major awards. The Defensive Player of the Year is the first of these ones. Um, Ollie, who you got? I've got a surprise, but he's not really a surprise. He's always around the mark, and that's Miles Garrett. Yeah. So I think with Clowney drawing some double teams this year, hopefully Garrett will be freed up. Um, they've got to wait a while for Deshaun Watson to come into the fold. So does more it's, it's it's a catch 22 really because sometimes we talk talk about you know having more defensive possessions helping a back helping a defensive player sorry but then again we want them out there and to make an impact like yeah so if if he has less snaps then you know maybe he's got more energy and he gets more sacks so it's it's really a catch 22 um and i think we might see the best of both worlds there we might see him have huge production based on how often he's out there and then he might get a bit of a breather with Watson playing um, QB and hopefully giving his defense a little bit less time out in the field so it could be a catch-22 as to what he does throughout the year so there is some uncertainty but he's always around the mark and I feel like he's got that name value as well so 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, my pick is another person um, that likes bashing people with their own helmets. It's uh, it's Aaron Donald. Um, I think that he's he's just a class above as a player. Um, is he getting suspended for that? Oh, I think so. <laughs> he's got it, surely. Like, do you think well, it'll the, be... the Rams have come out and said that they're going to handle it internally, which I think if I were the NFL, I'd be like, ha, that, yeah, that's great and all, but he is suspended as well. Do whatever you want internally, but he is suspended. Because what are the Rams going to do? The Rams, are we... the Rams aren't going to bench him. What are we waiting on? I feel like the NFL, the one thing I always criticise the NFL about is how long they take for suspensions. Taking too long to make a bad decision is not a good look. Like, they always... They never get the suspensions right, and they always take way too long to do it. I think Aaron Donald probably gets a game... It's hard because Garrett did it in a game, and he did make contact. But he got, like, six or seven games at the end of a season. Did Donald get contact? I haven't seen footage of it, I don't think he made contact, which is the difference. But he held two of their helmets and was swinging like a madman. Didn't make contact with anyone. But it's the same act. He's got the yeah. same intention as Garrett did. But even even Garrett's, he didn't hit him real hard. It was I know oh, it's like oh, I know it's like I know it's like oh he could have killed the guy, but he legitimately he, could have killed. The he guy. legitimately <laughs> could have killed the guy. If, it almost like he sw- he swung that pretty softly, in my opinion. Which the is fact fun. that he didn't die it means he should get off. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But um, I think I think he's a good choice. It'll be interesting to see how many weeks he actually gets. Yeah, I think that's the biggest question surrounding uh, Donald at the moment. Um, moving on now to Coach of the Year, I've I've got Josh McDaniels. I think that he's got a great team around him in Las Vegas, who's a bit of a sleeper pick for a for a decent playoff team and could make a decent run if that mf'er uh, decides to actually play some good football. He loves to throw the ball. He's always been that passing QB. He could he always goes for three hundred odd yards. Uh, that is Derek Carr. Have we that, talked yet about it coming out that he's the guy Tom Brady was referring to? Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> we did. Okay, we good. Did. <laughs> Just want to check we'd mentioned that one. But he's going to have a diversity of talent. You know, he's got Adams there now and he is just going to draw so much attention. Yeah. So much attention. Mm-hmm. That's inevitable and it's going to open up other guys. Look and for Hunter Renfro to have a really big season, I reckon. I can't remember who got him in fantasy, but that's a good call. Yeah. So, Josh McDaniels, he comes over from the Patriots. What are your thoughts on his time at the Patriots? I feel like, you know, he had that crack as a head coach for the Broncos and he just always just excelled at the Patriots. And it was like, I didn't want him anywhere else. I thought he was definitely going to be the next coach for the Patriots. If But Bill just keeps hanging on yeah he's never I mean the Broncos that Broncos team wasn't a bad team I think it was the whole Tebow of it all that sort of drained and sapped everyone and then they brought Peyton Manning in they wanted the fresh start so out goes McDaniels I don't think he's a very good football coach like you, you see the schemes that he's drawn up in those Patriots teams they don't win a Super Bowl without him there and I think that that's that that shows his credentials in themselves. Whether he can, uh, he needs a good defensive staff to go with him. But if he's if he's on, I think the Raiders are a very good shout for a, to be a very good playoff team this year. Yeah, I, I I can agree. And this is another hard knocks effect for sure. But <laughs> I reckon Dan Campbell's a chance. And we were chatting about this yeah. earlier. And you need to be in the playoffs to sort of win that yep. award. I agree. But hear me out. The Lions, they finish 9-8. and eight. Um, they, mo- they may or may not make the playoffs, but 
how do you think that's that's projected? I feel like that's projected in that's such a good right line. on that borderline. I do you think. know what I mean? Like I, I feel like he, he's going to have to be on that mark. Yeah. Which I, which I think I now that he's ask. got the national attention as well, the coach of the year is a very narrative-driven one as well. For sure. Just like the comeback player of the year. He's got that national attention. It's a very big possibility. That's a very good shout, I think. But he needs to he needs to at least get very close to the playoffs. It's it's weird because I could see the Bears being the worst team in the NFC North this year. I could, I could, I could I see could, them being the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, it's, it's weird because I could see that. I could see that. Um, and I could see the Vikings having a bit of an average year, you know, with a new I could see head, the Packers having an coach. average year. Potentially. Yeah, of not not of course. Not as guaranteed, but I and could you know, see all three all three of their rivals not having a great year. Yeah, you can see it uh, a universe where the Lions get at least one win against all of their those um, divisional opponents. And yeah, for sure. Usually I haven't seen their strength of schedule too much, but it's, as it's a, a lower very team weak strength of schedule. Yeah, yeah, as a lower team it, it would be pretty weak. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, now the big, big award at the NFL Honors Night is the regular season MVP. Uh, my pick for this, and I think in a crowning achievement, in sort of like the swan song in his final season. Oh, back to back to back to back? <laughs> is he going to be the three time in a row? Well. Is it him? I don't think so. Ooh, I okay. think it's number 12. Yep. I think it's number 12 with Tampa Bay. I think go. it's Tom Brady. I think that if he has another season like he's had, the narrative around it will be just too strong. I don't think... I think last year a lot of people were arguing that Tom Brady deserved it over Rodgers. There was a lot of media attention on that stats. debate between the two. You look at the stats. You look at the way uh, the season sort of went for both teams. I think that Brady, with that hindsight, the NFL, the NFL media loves to correct their mistakes in these awards and I think that this is a time they correct that mistake I think that um, Tom Brady wins it this year provided he has a a decent seat either if, if he's top five in every category he wins it if they can have a good start to the year I agree with you but that said they've got a tough schedule and they're gonna be without God when we think and they're gonna have a depleted offensive line for the whole year most likely yeah so if they get off to a good start, I could see it. I think it's a really, really good pick. But if they get off to a crap start, I think we could really see um, Brady get... The wheels get, could fall yeah, off. Yeah, the bit. wheels could really fall off. And I hope that doesn't happen. By all means, I hope Brady doesn't win this. I hope the Packers beat the Bucks, and I hope Brady doesn't win the Super Bowl, but I don't want to see the wheels cool off. win the Super Bowl. An eighth Super Bowl would be pretty cool. Mate... <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. <laughs> I know it's like the goat it's cool chat. To see it's, history. Oh, it's cool to see. It's it cool is. To it see. is cool to see. It's cool to see history. He's well, won. I can't cheer my own team to make it. They're never in the playoffs. Why pick Brady? It's like I know because the Bills are going to be up there, and I don't want the Bills to win. I really don't want the Bills to win, and that probably leans into my MVP. I'm going with Josh Yuck. Allen. Yeah, I know you don't like it. Rose, he's got. Just about everything. Yeah, all the arrogance you can feel in a cup, mate. Yeah, and I think that that, um, that pays the bill, mate. It pays the bills. He gets all the oh, media attention. Give me a break. He's in a... I don't rate their division. Everyone bloody loves that guy. <coughs> I, I, I hate it. I've got a bit of a long shot. Okay. And this will blow your mind. But I've looked at the past, you know, the year that Lamar won, it was about one... 
It's a one in 40 chance of him winning it. Yep. And I'm sort of thinking about someone that's a little bit like that. And I don't mind Jalen Hurts this year. I'm coming <laughs> around. I'm coming around on the Eagles. Sorry? What? I may have talked myself into him by drafting him in fantasy. You've definitely talked yourself. He'll be a good fantasy quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's not an MVP. You never know. I, I could see. I don't see him winning the MVP. Just because he's a running quarterback doesn't make him an MVP. But it reminds me of when Josh Allen started. At the start of his career, he didn't perform straight away. And every, there was a lot of questions. And it reminds me of you know, a bit of a third-year breakout. Yeah, like... I could see it. I'm not saying oh. he's going to win the MVP. He's not my pick. I'm going with yeah. Josh Allen. But I could see an uptick in production. I like Dallas Goddard. I like AJ Brown. I like Devonta Smith with another year in the system. It's like, I like their own line. I see where you're coming from. But no. You're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> no, I can see why you've come to the conclusion you've made. And by all means, he could have a very good season. I think he's going to look very good on fantasy. I don't think he'll have the credentials to make an MVP. I don't know that they make the playoffs. As I said, it's a long shot MVP. And the thing is, I'm either going to look like the biggest genius of all time or I'm going to look like, oh, well, we expected that to happen anyway. So that's why we call it a long shot because I'm just taking a long shot here and, and seeing what happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. So it probably ties into our Super Bowl competitors. Who do you think is a chance of making it to the Super Bowl from the AFC and the NFC. This will give you your our um, conference predictions as well. I don't want to... Don't make me say the Bills. Please don't make me say the Bills. I almost... They're getting up there with the Jets. Um, you know what? I've got a bit of a flyer. You took a flyer in the regular season MVP, so I'm going to take a flyer in this. Tell me what's wrong with the Chargers. Tell me where their weakness is. Not much. There is. I'm, I'm a fan of the Chargers this year. You look at them at all three stages of their defense. They've got uh, superstar top ten level talent. You look at Khalil Mack. You look at uh, what? Uh, not sorry. Not what? Um, what's his name? Bosa. Bosa. You look at Bosa. You look at Derwin James. They've got talent at each stage of their defense. They've got receivers. They've got an offensive line. They've got Herbert there. They've got Eckler at running back. What's their fault? What's their weakness? I don't see much. I really don't see much of a weakness in this team. I think... The only weakness is they haven't done it before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it takes a team to get over the line. Like, the, the, everyone was saying the Chiefs couldn't get over the line until Patrick Mahomes did it. Everyone was saying that the Bucks couldn't get over the line until Tom Brady went and did it. Like, it, just because the team hasn't been there before doesn't necessarily rule them out. I think the Chargers, and it's a shame it didn't happen last year, I think it's Chargers-Rams. I think it's a battle for LA. Yeah, that would have been really cool to see last year. And it, it, They do remind me a little bit of, of the Bengals last year. I mean, we could have faulted the Bengals O-line, as I reckon that was one of the worst I've seen yeah. in a long time. Um, but they still got there. And I don't even feel like there's a glaring weakness there. Herbert's going to get better. I feel like he's just got to get better. It, yeah. It's natural progression, really, at this point in time. Um, it's but a I'm shame he isn't wearing teal. I'm going to go with something similar but different. I'm going Bills v. Rams. Gross. You can keep saying gross, but I'm, I'm high on the Bills this year. I just feel like... They're the favorite for a reason. They're yeah, a very good team. I'm, I'm a fan of Gabriel Davis this year as a second option to Stefan Diggs. You've picked him in fantasy, and I think you're going to be pretty lucky because I three so. touchdowns, 190-odd yards, I believe it was, in the playoffs last year. Yeah. He's shown what he could do. 
Um, and I think it really helps having Von Miller. So, huge fan of the Bills. I think the Rams will go close. I think the Packers are a chance, but I just think that they always find a way to fail. So, yeah. I'm not going to include them there. Well, who's your Super Bowl winner then? Bills versus Rams, who you got? I've gonna, I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills. I think if it was in SoFi again, between those two, I would go... I would probably go the Rams, but I'm going to go the Bills this year. I'm... I'm almost doubling down here because I've been pretty high on the Bills since pretty much the end of last season. I sort of felt like I saw enough and Josh Allen will improve and, you know, keen to see how, how this year turns out. Super Bowl in 2023, we're heading to Arizona. State Farm Arena in Glendale, Arizona. So that'll be really, really cool. I sort of feel like that's a bit of a neutral venue as well i mean it's, it's close it's very venue. close to the rams i mean that's the idea of the super bowl but yeah yeah it's very close to the rams but we know that those supported that supporter base hates the rams so <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of the rams i've got them as my super bowl pick i think they'll uh they'll take the chocolates against the uh against their local uh la rivals um but anyway let's move on to the mailbag now um, our first question in the mailbag, um, Ben from Newcastle asks, who is your surprise NFL playoff team? I had one at the start. I sort of feel like I've, I've got to pick the Eagles or the Lions now after both of my predictions, my, but I've only went them as real surprise predictions. So maybe it's the Broncos. I, I'm honestly unsure here because there's a lot of different options. Have you got one that really sticks out to you? Right here, mate. Fins up. <laughs> Dolphin, uh, Dolphins, I think, are actually a genuine... Like, taking my fandom aside, I think that you look at all the pieces around them. If Tua comes together, they've got a defense already built there. They've brought in a lot of offensive weapons. Um, they've retooled that offensive line. It's not the greatest, but it, it's serviceable. I think they could do it. Like, it, just as a playoff team, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. Don't, don't get on me. I think they could be a playoff team. They've they've come close. They had uh, ten win seasons previous. They they're right on that precipice. But I think they can get over the line. They just need the QB position to be stable. You may love me saying this, and I reckon you will. But I don't think it's a surprise, man. I don't think the Dolphins. Ooh. I think it's just because they haven't. Ooh. I know it's because they haven't made it recently, but I don't really think it's a surprise. Like nine and eight last year, they've got a much better team, in my opinion. Nine and eight, they they lost seven in a row. They were one and seven at one point last year. And I could see them being a better team than the Patriots. So it's, it's out of the teams that didn't make it last oh. year. I know Lamar was. I know <laughs> Lamar was um, injured last year. Yeah. And they didn't make the playoffs, but I feel like they'll make it again out of the teams that didn't make it last year. That's not really a surprise, though. Uh, Colts will make it. Yeah, not really a surprise. Um, Chargers, they'll have to make it. Yeah. <laughs> so if I feel gonna like there's going to be a bit of a shuffle. They're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. But yeah, I, I think the Dolphins. Um, next question, Peter from Wyong. What player do you predict will have a Cooper Cup-like season, i.e. an explosion from out of nowhere? Out of nowhere? I think I... We Just talked, like Randy Orton. From out of nowhere. Yeah. God. <laughs> we talked about it in our AFC West chat last week, and I mentioned the breakfast club of Cortland Sutton and Russell Wilson. I feel like that could happen, or Ooh. you could see it with Jerry Judy. We, talk, we When Take I think about that... 
I think upgrading quarterback, talent is there, breakfast club sort of vibe. But honestly, I don't think anyone will anyone will even go close to what Cooper Cup did last year, sort of coming from nowhere. Yeah, I I don't see anyone. No one's really jumping out. I think the, the names that are coming to my head are guys that have proven themselves before. That have done it, yeah. Maybe, I don't know, would you count... I, I hate to go just on the Dolphins, but like someone like Jay the Model. I wouldn't, man, because he's got the talent. Yeah. He's like an early pick. and I know that Cups it was a great talent, and it wasn't like he sort of come out of nowhere, but... Someone that's been in the year and the system for a while. It's it's honestly hard to think of someone, but... It is. Um, well, thanks anyway for the question, Peter. Next one comes from John underscore Douglas, who asks, if you could put one current player on your favorite NFL team, who would it be and why? Are we talking all time? Are we talking um, just in the now? What are we talking? Well, the question does say current, mate, so... Oh, sorry, it does say current. <laughs> my my mistake. Um, I was already getting pictures of Dan Marino I know, throwing bombs I know you to Tyreek Hill. I know you were. Uh, um, what do you think? <laughs> this makes me upset, because it's almost Devonta Adams. Like, it really is. <laughs> Just like, want him back. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's almost... It's got to be a wide receiver, and I feel like Cup and uh, Adams were the two best last year. Yeah. So, it's like... Give me Cooper Cup just because it's not Devonta Adams, but I wanted to say Adams because please come back. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> reuniting your receiver for your quarterback. My pick would be to reunite Patrick the quarterback Mahomes, yeah. to our receiver. Um, I'd take Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes throwing bombs to Jalen Waddle and uh, and Tyreek Hill sounds very enticing. Gasicki is his Kelsey. Um, I I think I think the Dolphins have got a better running back room as well than the. Uh, than the Kansas City Chiefs. Go. Bring him bring him in, guys. What are we doing? If I could pick one for you... To give him 10 first-round picks, I think it'd be worth it. It'd probably be Mahomes. Um, if we I was thinking about the Dolphins, yeah. Would you have anyone else for the Packers? Like, I sort of feel like they're built it... They're sort of built everywhere else. They've got a Pro Bowl linebacker now. Rashawn Gary's going to be good. They've got Kenny Clark back. It's got to be a receiver. It's, it's, it it, and it's been like be. that for five years. They've needed another receiver to pair with Adams. Now they've lost Adams and they need almost two receivers. So it's got to be Cooper Cup then, you think? Cooper Cup. Yeah. Cooper Cup. Um, maybe like a Jamar Chase. Maybe. Especially because he's a young talent. But then you don't need young talent paired with Rodgers. You need guys to win now. Yeah, exactly. But that's also Jamar Chase. <laughs> maybe Odell. Please, Odell, come. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, all right, our last question in the mailbag today is Joe from Newcastle, podcast favourite, has asked, uh, prediction for week one of the AFL finals. Um, let's just go rapid fire. Brisbane, Richmond, who you got? I'm taking Richmond. Yeah, I think I've got to take Richmond as well. I think Brisbane didn't show a lot against Melbourne, um, and I think that they might be for a quick exit after looking like one of the best teams in the comp. Yeah, my tip for the flag, but I, I'm tipping against them here. Uh, Melbourne, Sydney. MCG, Friday Night Football. Melbourne Demons. Oh, I don't... I want to pick with my heart. I want to pick with my heart. I think Melbourne are going to win it. Very yeah, good. I think Melbourne are going to win it. Oh, that, that pains me. Um, Geelong versus Collingwood. The Schlong Geelong Cats. I think it would be an absolute drubbing if it was played in Geelong. Um, unfortunately for the Cats, they're going to have their yearly gripe that they don't get their home game uh, in Geelong. They've got to play at the MCG, which is arguably Collingwood's home ground in this game. But It is. Um, but yeah, I think Geelong are just too good. 
and last one is Fremantle versus the Western Bulldogs. I think the Dogs are a better team, but I just think if I think this was based on. I honestly think the prediction will be based on where this game's played. If it's in Melbourne, I'm taking the Dogs. If it's in Frio, I'm taking Frio. So give me Frio. I I haven't found a pick I disagree with you on. The closest was the Swans. I think Frio take this one. Um, well, that'll make for a very exciting uh, semi-final round. It'll be Sydney versus, um, what, uh, Richmond? It'll be Sydney versus Richmond, yeah. Richmond and then Frio, uh, sorry, Western Bulldogs. Sorry, no, Frio taking on Collingwood. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm you got there. Sorts. You got, <laughs> got there. And then. I could see Collingwood winning that, and then it would be, uh, I could see the Swans beating Richmond. So, so it'd be Sydney, Geelong. Melbourne, Collingwood. Yeah. Just flip the qualifiers. Yeah, and you could nearly see... I don't see... That's what I've always said. I don't see anyone outside the top four winning the flag, but no. you never know. Yeah, maybe Richmond is a flyer. They've proved, they've got the proven talent there to do it. Um, and they're coming into form at the right time. They're the, they're the team outside the eight who I can see making a run, but it's not likely. Put it away, Huey. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, now the lock of the week. We've had an exciting week in lock of the week, haven't we all? Oh, uh, what a... Uh, what are you going to say? I I had a bad week of sport and it just continued. And bad things comes in, <laughs> come in threes. I had the Tigers get smashed by um, the Roosters. I had Carlton lose to Collingwood. And then two days later, I had <laughs> Man United... Beat Liverpool. Glory, glory, Man United. What a performance. What a victory. It looked dangerous late. Uh, Liverpool looked like they were storming back. They got that goal um, to make it 2-1. But uh, United beat Liverpool in the lock-off. And Parramatta beat Brisbane. Meaning that I'm on 12. It's punishment time. It is. And we've had to have almost have a bit of a look at the uh, legalities of this one, mate, because we originally established <laughs> that it was going to be a food stand um, until someone <laughs> makes $10 from strangers. So uh, here our I lawyers am. have looked into this one. I'm thinking lolly bags. I'm thinking lemonade. But uh, if I was thinking about it, lo- handing out lolly bags on the side of the road looks real dodgy. Oh, yeah. So, and then, <laughs> and then someone else made the suggestion to me, oh, why don't you go and do it at like a kid's football game? And I said, that's nearly worse. <laughs> Like, anyway. Uh, it's, it's, it's the punishment we agreed to. So, <laughs> we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to update you. So, I think the costume will be the worst thing because the costume will uh, stipulate how much of a freak I look like and how many sales I get. So, if we'll you, see how if this you've got any out. costume ideas that you'd love to see Gilly in, um, send me photos, send me, uh, send me messages, whatever you'd like to send, any ideas you've got. I'd love to see them. Uh, we're definitely going to get a few of his least favorite teams in there somehow. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a bit of fun. Look to our socials, um, all of our socials. We'll do the plug at the end, but uh, we'll have all the results on the socials just to uh, give a bit of finality. Uh, Melbourne Storm did lose to Sydney Roosters, so in the end of the lock season, um, the score is 12 to 9. In future lock seasons, we've talked, we're going to just do first to 10. I think it's a more natural number to finish on. Which would have been good. It would have been a 10-9 win to you. <laughs> it, w- it would have been anyway, yeah. So it would have been softened the blow a bit. But um, yeah, it'll be good moving forward, especially with our NFL season. I'm the two-time reigning NFL tipster. Oh, um, so I'm not too bad at the NFL. So I reckon I'm going to have a shocker this year just because I've said that. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to have a really bad season. So we've got all the uh, jinxes in place for uh, for the results we want. 
Uh, this week, uh, to start our new lock season, I've got Penn State uh, to travel to Purdue and take the win. What have you got? I've got the Warriors to beat the Titans in New Zealand. I just feel Ooh. like over there at Mount Smart, they, they're a different breed. And I think that yeah, okay. they're, they're a big chance off the back of the Titans beating the Knights. So many Knights supporters upset as usual. Right, right. Too easy. Um, well, that's it for our podcast today. We hope you've enjoyed it. Um, like I said, let us know on all of the socials uh, what you want to see Ollie dress up in. Uh, open to any and all suggestions. I know Ollie will wear whatever he is told. Um, so make sure you let me know what you think he should wear. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Road Trip Sports Pod. You can find us on YouTube. Road Trip Sports Podcast is what you need to search for that one. Any inquiries that you may have, if you'd like to get in touch with us, if you would like uh, to have any of your stories read out, if you'd like to come on the podcast yourself, make sure you get in touch with us. Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com or you can slide into any of our DMs on any of our socials. We would love to hear from you. It's been a great week of sport. We're looking forward to finals footy. We're going to chat all finals footy uh, next week. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, Oh, we'll see you next time. See ya.